Ephesians 2 and 1, you hath he quickened, the Bible says, who were dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, you hath he made a lot. He's quickened you who used to be dead. I'm so thankful to be alive in Jesus Christ today. This is the only life. But before this, I was dead. I may have been living and breathing and, you know, taking in oxygen, putting out carbon dioxide, but I wasn't really alive until Jesus came into my life. And here was our testimony in two, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Somebody say, that was me. And I hope that's not still you. Because you got to come out of this world and be separate. Amen. We used to walk according to that. The Bible says we used to walk according to the prince and the power of the air. That's going to get a little freaky. But I, I really feel like the Lord wants us to pull back the veil today and really look at what we're dealing with in our spiritual lives. This is what it used to be, according to the prince of the power of the air. Notice the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's what's in the world, among whom also we all had our conversation, every one of us. Conversation, that doesn't mean verbal, that means our lifestyle, the way that we walk. All of us, before we came to God, we had our lifestyle the Bible says our lifestyle were in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. That's what we used to be. But thank God Jesus saved us. Jesus brought us out of the world. He washed our sins away. He filled us with the Holy Ghost. He gave us the power of God, gave us the ability to live in victory, and we are no longer in and of this world. We are of the body of Christ. We've been saved, born again, bought with the blood, Holy Spirit filled, empowered by God to live a life of victory that's going to be different than the world that we live in. But here's where I want to pull away the veil because Paul did this very specifically. If you'd go with me to the book of uh, same book, Ephesians chapter number 6. And I may have you be seated and read a couple other translations. Ephesians 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Why is that? Because you're not going to win against spiritual factions that come against you by being weak. If you just go to church and you don't engage this spiritual battle in your own personal relationship with God, you are going to get your head beat in. You're gonna. And I may be preaching to some people here today, and I will probably, if the Lord will help us to make this personal in every one of our lives, to consider where is it that I'm fighting a spiritual battle in my life presently? Because some of you, you know what, and I just feel the Holy Ghost here today. Some of you, you know what, you're battling things and you're like, oh, that's just me. Oh, that's just, oh, I got this problem going on. Oh, that must just be in my head. Oh, that must. Did you ever come to think, according to the Bible, that maybe what you're fighting happens to be a spiritual battle? Now, I think it's really important that we look at it for what it really is. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. This isn't about people. This isn't about your job. This isn't about your lack of money. This isn't about personal challenges. This is about a spiritual battle that we are in. Amen. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Notice what he said, powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He said, because of all these spiritual things that we are wrestling with, he said, wherefore, because of that, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Can I tell you this morning that God wants you to live in spiritual victory no matter what the enemy is throwing at you? Whatever devices he's using against you, God wants you to be able to stand up whatever you're going through in this life and stand victorious in Jesus Christ, overcoming everything that's coming against you in your life. God wants you to be in it to win it. Amen. Praise God. But it's not going to be without a fight. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. You know what that means? I'm not going to win a spiritual battle if I'm a prayerless Christian. If I got no prayer life, if the only time I pray is when worship service is going on on Sunday morning, I am going to be in bad shape. I need to have a prayer life if I'm going to win my spiritual battles. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I don't know where this is going to go this morning. I got about 42 different directions to go here this morning. My message ties is very simple, and I'll just tell you what happened this week. I had a message I was working on. I, I, that's what I was intending to preach this morning. I was going to preach, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we be with him in glory. And I'm getting ready to study that, and I'm in prayer, and the Lord drops this right into my spirit and gave it to me. And if you'll allow me, I'm going to give you what the Lord gave me this week, which is what I believe is for us in this congregation, and you particularly, this morning. My message title is very, very simple. It's this means war. This means war because we're in a battle. Can you throw your hands in the air and lift your voice, open your mouth, lift your voice to God, ask God to talk to us today? Praise God. Praise God. Talk to us today. Holy Ghost, let there be freedom. Let there be liberty. Holy Ghost. Talk to hearts and lives, Jesus. If there's anybody here this morning that's playing, they're playing in their walk with God. They're halfway. They're lukewarm. I'm praying that you would help them, Lord. Let this message not be offensive. Let it be helpful. Hallelujah. But let it be strong medicine at the same time. In Jesus' name. Help us, God, to be the spiritual warriors you want us to be, the soldiers of the cross. In the name of Jesus, I pray for breakthrough this morning. I pray for deliverance this morning. I pray for release of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, that you administer powerfully. Hallelujah, till breakthrough comes. Uh, revelation and insight comes. In Jesus' name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. And somebody shout to God, amen. 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 God bless you. you. May be seated. Praise God. I'm gonna. I don't know if the screen people are able to do this, but I've got. I've got them printed out here. I want to read these verses to us in a few different translations. Ryan, were you able to pull it up in different ones? No. All right. I'll just read them. I want to read this in the New Living Translation and then the New International Version translation. It's Ephesians chapter six. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in, the, in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you may be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. You know, the devil's got strategies. He's got strategies that he's conspiring against all the children of God so somehow he can take you and I out. He said, stand firm against all the strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. How many know we're in a dark world? Mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits, the Bible says, in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And Paul said, pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. So he talks about the strategies of the devil. The New International Version says it like this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. NIV calls them schemes. NLT says strategies, schemes and strategies that there's an enemy that's strategizing and scheming against your soul. 
Not only your soul, but that of the church. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. I want you to know that God wants you to be spiritually prepared so that whatever comes your way, you're going to be strong enough that you can withstand any spiritual attack that comes against you and that you can rise victorious in Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, that will not happen if I am not vigilant in the Lord. There's an enemy that is determined to take you out. There is an enemy that is after your soul. He's after your family's soul. He's after your eternity. And he wants to take you out of this spiritual game. But I'm so glad today that Jesus has crafted us, empowered us, helped us, armored us, uh, given us everything that we need so that we can be victorious in the middle of this spiritual battle in which we are fighting. But can I tell you, that's not going to happen unless you get some fight back in you. Oh, praise God. It's not going to happen unless you're serious about this thing. If you're not serious, you're not going to make it living for God. You said, man, I come to church to hear that. Yes, you did. I know too many people that are haphazard in their walk with God. There are too many people that are lukewarm in the church. I'm just going to tell you, there are too many people in the church that are lukewarm. They're not where they need to be. There's stuff that is rampaging in their lives. But can I tell you this morning, God has better for you than that. But you're going to have to get serious about this thing. Just coming to church and saying that I come to church is not going to be enough. Just saying that I'm a part of River of Life Church is not going to be enough to get you through. Just saying because I know so-and-so and, I, and I, I go now and then is not going to be enough to give you the spiritual victory that you need in your life. Hallelujah. If you're going to have victory and this church is going to have victory, it's going to be because we take our walk with God seriously. That this is dead level, level, heaven or hell, God and the devil. This is real life, real life spiritual stuff uh, that if I'm going to come out on top, uh, Jesus promised me that I would have the power to come out on top, uh, but I'm going to have to be vigilant. Uh, I'm going to have to, with everything that's inside of me, realize that I've got to engage in this spiritual battle. I can't be halfway. I can't be lukewarm. I can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church. I've got to be in the church all the way. I've got to be prayed up. I've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. I've got to have a relationship with the Word of God. I've got to have obedience in my life. I've got to have submission in my heart. But if I have these things in my life, I am in it to win it because Jesus will help me to overcome if I'm dedicated, determined, decided with the help of God. I'm going to rise up and nothing can stand against me. If I am dedicated to the Lord. Oh, praise God. Mm. I'm praying somebody gets their spine back this morning because some have lost their spine. Oh, hallelujah. Some are floating along and you got to stop floating along and you got to put your feet down and say, I'm going to live for God. Come on. Come on, Laodicean Christian. Pastor's calling me names. Amen. The world, in case you didn't notice, is at war. <clears throat> it has always been at war. If you look at the history of global conflicts, they are long and they are storied. World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the war that my dad barely missed. He applied twice, had training as a paratrooper, demolitions guy with the Green Berets. I'm glad that he was willing to go, grateful that he didn't go though. But that was war. There was the Gulf War, there was the Cold War. 
And during the Cold War, I'm grateful to God that the United States of America had a strong president that confronted it. He was a good president that confronted it. I'm just going to tell you, and we're just going to let it all fly here this morning. I'm just going to say it. America is not prepared for war right now. As a country, we have seeded our foreign policy. We have emboldened our enemies. We have a leader who is tripping, stumbling, mumbling, bumbling, and compromised. We've got an Afghanistan pullout debacle with billions, with a B, of dollars of military equipment that were just left for our enemies that are going to show up on foreign battlefields. We have a present military that has been stripped and it has been traded for weak, woke, progressive policies. Transgenderism has nothing to do with the U.S. military. EDI has enough equity, diversity, and inclusion has nothing to do with the U.S. military. And we as a country right now are probably at one of the lowest points of military readiness that we have been in decades of time. We have Taiwan and what's going to happen there. We have China that's rising. We have our adversaries and our enemies that are rising. We have Iran. If they don't have a nuclear bomb, they're well on their way to having one. Our allies can't trust us anymore. Israel says, is America really going to stand with us? Uh, we've got a $32 trillion national debt. We're spending billions of dollars in Ukraine. We've got a lowered credit rating as a nation. We gave up energy into Dependence for dependence on foreign oil, and it has weakened us. That is what is happening in our country in the natural. But can I tell you at the same time, listen up, church. The enemy is trying to do the same thing in the church of the living God. Do I have permission this morning to preach it the way that the Lord gave it to me? Can I do that? Can I just give it to you the way the Lord gave it to me? I'm not, I'm not being ugly. I'm, 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 I want the right heart and the right spirit, but I, if you'll allow me, I'm going to give it just exactly the way the Lord gave it to me this week. Let me tell you why some of you are struggling Christians here this morning. You are a struggling Christian this morning because you are not prepared for war. I'm not saying that's everybody in this house, but there are some of you this morning, you are not prepared for the spiritual war that is confronting you right now. You're playing church and acting as though that this is just some kind of friendly competition of flag football. There are some that are in the church, they are not in it to win it. They come to church, but they're weak. They don't pray, they don't fast. TV has all of their attention, and God's word has none. Social media has eaten up hours and hours, and godly fellowship takes none. Been around the church for years, and you still don't tithe. You're not engaged in ministry. Training at the gym is more important than training in the prayer room. Some in the church are sinning, and you know that you're sinning. And the truth of the matter is that you are a sad, sorry excuse for a child of God. You're carnal, you're weak, and you're losing. But can I tell you on this Sunday morning that the moment that you make up your mind that I'm going to live for God the way that God wants me to live for him, in the moment that you make up your mind that I'm going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, the moment that you make up your mind that I am committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm not in this thing just to play a game, but I'm in this thing to win it for the Lord and the soul that I got is so important and my family is so important and the kingdom of God is so important and the things of God are so important that I'm going to be willing to get back in the game and I'm going to be willing to get back in the fight and I'm going to be willing to engage spiritual things the way that I need to because I need spiritual victory in my life. I need it in my life today. I need it in my life tomorrow and I need Jesus working inside of me because I can't win this war being half-hearted and apathetic. Pastor, that's strong medicine. Sometimes the preacher has to comfort the afflicted. and Sometimes he has to afflict the comfortable. 
Can I tell you this morning? One of the best ways to avoid war is to be strong and ready to fight. It's a doctrine. You know what the doctrine is called? It is called peace through strength. You know why the enemies of America are very happy right now? They're very happy because America is weaker than what she used to be. And all of a sudden, do we realize the ramifications in our world today of what a weak America is creating? It is creating instability and imbalance all over the world because America is not strong like she needs to be. Can I say the church is the same way? That the church, the, the, the evil that is happening in our world, can I say there's one answer for the evil that's happening in our world. You know what it is? Uh, Amen. It's not Wall Street. It's not the White House. The evil that's happening in our world, it's not just the higher institutions of learning. I tell you the answer for a sin-sick world. It's the same answer it's always been. It's Jesus Christ, and it's a church that's strong. It's a church that's militant. It's a church that knows who they are. It's a church that's full of the Holy Ghost. It's a church that's full of prayer. It's a church where people know what self-sacrifice and fasting is all about. It's a church that has the word in their heart uh, more than the movies on the screen. It's a church that has a relationship with the word uh, more than a relationship with the world. It's a church that is strong in the Lord, uh, that is marching triumphantly toward the gates of hell and seeing people freed from the powers of hell. Church, we are at war. Praise God. Praise God. I thank God for the preceding generations willing to fight for the precious things that we enjoy today. I thank God for all the soldiers. I thank God for all of those that have been willing. The Revolutionary War gave us freedom in a form of government. I thank God for those that have been willing to fight these battles. And we are enjoying the fruit of liberty and freedom today because there were people that were willing to lay down their life for the cause of American independence. Uh, This form of constitutional government, I thank God for it. But let me tell you something about war, it's bloody. Something about war, it's ugly. Something about war, it takes all that you have, throwing everything on the line. And can we say thank God for the preceding generations of the apostolic church? Uh, Come on, somebody. Thank God for those that were willing to pay the price. Uh, Thank God for those that paid a price uh, for this apostolic doctrine. Thank God for those that were willing to lay their lives on the line. Thank God for those that didn't just live for themselves. Uh, They didn't live for themselves. They lived for the glory of God and the glory of the kingdom of God and because of that we are in beautiful churches today because of that we have freedom today because of that we have so much goodness that's surrounding us I thank God for the history of the apostolic church that has brought us to where we are now but I feel like the clarion call of this day and time is this generation willing to stand up and fight like the last generation did is this generation going to engage the battle like the last generation did is this generation going to say we're going to pay the price for apostolic revival today like they did yesterday is this generation willing to lay it all on the line is this generation saying this truth shall still be marching on because I'm going to be one of the ones that's willing to pay the price is this generation going to stand and pay the price and see victory and power in our time in in our generation. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to the church this morning. Some of us like Samson. I'm pushing you a little bit today. Some of us like Samson need to shake ourselves a little bit. We need to shake some stuff off of us this morning until the power of God hits us in a fresh way, until victory comes in a fresh way. Church, we are at war. In case you forgot, we are at war, church. We are at war. The devil's still at work in this world. But then again, that's nothing new. The spiritual war began 
in Genesis chapter 3, and it is still raging. Genesis 3 and 14, the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Watch what God says, and I will put enmity, I will put a division, you will be enemies between you, serpent, and the woman. And between, he said, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. He said, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. He said, in the very beginning of time, when the serpent slithered in the garden, and that devil began his dastardly deeds in the beginning of the history of the world uh, to mix people up and mess people up and to break people down in the beginning but God said you know what there's going to be a battle that goes on between the seed of the woman and between the seed of Satan I'm so thankful this morning that God had a plan that was greater than Satan's plan oh hallelujah there was going to be the seed of a woman. There was going to be a birth. There was going to be a child born. The Bible said the government was going to be upon his shoulders and that his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, there would be no end. And he said every battle of the warriors with confused sounds and garments that are rolled in blood. What's he talking about? He's talking about the fog of war that when garments are rolled in blood and there's a fight that's going on in the battlefield, it's confusing at times. Sometimes you can't figure out which side is, is up and which side is down. Sometimes confusion is in your mind. But he said in the middle of the fog of war, he said we've got a name that we've been given. He said we've got a son that was born, a child that was given. I am thankful this morning for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate victor, the champion of all champions, the God of of all gods, the one that was manifest in the flesh. And I've come to remind us this morning that in his name, in the name of Jesus, there is victory. In the name of our Savior, in the name of the seed that was to come from the woman that was going to crush the head of Satan, that when the blood hit the dirt and Calvary took place, that when Jesus bled and died, that he stomped on the head of Satan, immobilized him, defanged him if you will, gave the power to you and I and the church so that we can come out triumphant over death and hell, that we still have the power in the apostolic church, in the Pentecostal church, there's still power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all manner of the enemy. There is still power in our lives for us to rise up above whatever the devil is throwing against us because I've got a name and the name is is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. The spiritual battle is real. And somehow or another, if we could pull the veil away, and perhaps some of us, it would give us tremendous understanding in our lives. Some of us that have been battling things. Some of us that have been going through dark seasons. Come on, church. Some of us that have been going through trying times. Uh, some of you who have been crying yourself to sleep at night. Some of you that have been saying, why is it always so hard? Some of you that are saying, how come I'm dealing with this? Uh, some of you that are fighting with sickness. Uh, some of you that are fighting with relational issues. Uh, some of you just sometimes confused in your very own mind. Uh, can I tell you here this morning that you are in a spiritual battle. You are in a battle. The enemy is after your soul. He's after your family. He's after your purity. He's after your truth. He's after everything in your life. But oh, somehow or another, I pray the word of God would strengthen you and raise you up this Sunday morning to recognize and realize afresh and all over again that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. 
The one that's in the world is after what you got inside of your heart and inside of your life. That's why he's tempting you. That's why he's lying to you. That's why he's preaching false doctrine in your ear. That's why he's accusing you. That's why he's telling you how bad that you are, how terrible you are, and there's no hope for you. But I've come here to preach this morning that there is hope in Jesus Christ. There is strength in Jesus Christ. There is power in Jesus Christ that you can rise up in this spiritual battle and you can win over your enemy. You can win over your enemy. But if you're going to win over your enemy, you got to understand this morning that it's going to take vigilance. We can't patty cake our way to spiritual victory. I'm sorry. It will not happen. It will not happen. But I tell you what we can do. We can fight our way with the help of God through prayer and through fasting and through the word of God and through fellowship and through obedience. We can fight our way through to vanquishing the enemy. Lift your hands to the Lord. Let's talk to God just for a minute. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Let the operation of the Spirit be at work here this morning. I pray, oh God, rip away the veil. Jesus' name, every lying thing that is here, Lord, to discourage and try to dismantle the lives of your people. I pray it in Jesus' name. Give us victory as a church. Uh, give us victory as a people. Help us to realize the spiritual battle that we are in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. According to the scripture, there are three primary angels that are named in the Bible. Three primary angels. The only ones that I can find in the scripture that are actually named. Three angels. There is Michael, the archangel. There is Gabriel. And there is Lucifer. Three angels. When you read about Michael in the Old Testament, he shows up in the book of Daniel. The Bible says that Daniel had set himself to 21 days of prayer and fasting and seeking after the Lord. He was seeking after an answer from God. He was earnestly trying to de de determine and figure out what was happening in the spirit world at that period of time. And the Bible says he set himself. And the Bible says that Gabriel came through and brought a message to him. And it is a great message. And the message that came to Daniel was that Daniel, from the very first day that you began to set your heart to seek after me. Day number one, he said that God heard your prayer and I was come to, to bring an answer to you. He said, but the prince of Persia withstood me. A prince of Persia, what was he talking about? He's talking about in Ephesians 6, a principality, a, a spirit that was governing and, and, and over, over a region that was hemming things up. And the Bible says that even though he was praying and fasting, that he didn't get his answer that first day because there was battles that was going on in the heavenlies between Michael, who was the warrior angel, and between the devil. This, this conflict was happening in the heavens. And finally, that, that Michael won out and came through and brought a victory, an answer, a prophetic word to Daniel. 21 days of that battle. So we have Michael who is the warrior angel. We have Gabriel who is the, the angel that brings messages. He was the one that showed up at the birth of Jesus that's bringing word. The third angel that we have is Lucifer. He is known as Lucifer in Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, Lucifer means light bearer, light bearer. That's why Paul warns and says, beware lest anyone brings another gospel to you. He's talked about those uh, that an angel of light would come, a deceiving angel. Ezekiel chapter 28 talks about in that when that, that angel was created, his tablets and his pipes were created with him. Lucifer was a musical angel. He was shiny. He was bright. He was beautiful. He was in the presence of God. And yet the Bible says that when rebellion was found within him, let me tell you something about God. God's merciful, but the time comes when God says, I ain't putting up with that anymore. Furthermore, I'm going to tell you, there's only one throne and there's only one that's going to sit on the throne. Nobody else is going to sit on the throne of God. There is no other God. There will never be any other God. Furthermore, let me tell you that anything that is in competition with that God, ultimately God says, I will take it down. 
And so Lucifer, Satan, the light bearer, the one with tabards and pipes, uh, he's rising up against the Most High. And, and, and God says, nope, I've, I've had enough of that. And the Bible says that God cast him down into the earth. Uh, he was kicked out. This is why Revelation 12 says that one-third of the angels fell. Do you get it? Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer, they're in three portions. And one-third of the angels that were with Lucifer were thrown down into the earth. My God, I feel like preaching here this morning. I've got good news for the church. Uh, no matter how many devils are chasing you, that can I tell you that there's at least two angels, God's angels, for every one demon that got cast out of heaven. We've got two to one odds on our side. And the angel of the Lord encampeth about them that fear him. We got angels all around us. Uh, we got the angel of God that said he would go with us. Uh, we have nothing to fear because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've got double the number of, number of angels, but even more importantly than that, I've got a God that's on my side, uh, the mighty God of Jacob, the King of kings and the Lord of lords uh, that's still in control, that's still alive, that's still powerful. So when the enemy whispers in your ear that he's going to take you out, when the enemy whispers in your ear that you're never going to make it, you need to flip around and spin around on your heels and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. Because God is for me. God is for me. And if God is for me, more are they that are with me than they that are against me. I've got angels, I've got Holy Ghost, I've got blood of Jesus, I've got word of God, I've got everything that I need in my life to be able to overcome Satan and all of his minions. But church, we need to lift our heads up and we need to wake up to the fact, this means war. Hallelujah. I just feel like making this really personal and this is what I mean by that. Listen, we've got a great church right here in northern Minnesota. We've got a church where God manifests himself, his power, his goodness. But can I remind us here this morning, this church isn't just here for me. This church isn't just here for you. This church is here for this world that's under the dominion of Satan. Oh, yes. And the only hope for Grand Rapids and Itasca County, the only hope for northern Minnesota, the only hope for liberal Minnesota, the only hope for sin-sick United States of America is Jesus Christ manifest in and through a healthy church, a strong church, saints of the living God that know who they are and know whose they are and know that they are filled with the power of Almighty God and that nothing that comes against them can stop them in Jesus' name. So there is a present-day battle I'll just tell you this, in case it feels a little old, because you've been at it for a little while, and you feel like, oh man, this is not a brand new battle. This is a battle that's been going on for a very, very long time. We are fighting an ancient battle. Revelation 12 and 9, this is a very interesting scripture. It says, and that the great dragon was cast out, comma, notice what it says, that old serpent. <laughs> In Genesis 3, you know what he was? He was the young serpent in Genesis 3. But he's the old serpent in Revelation 12. What are you saying? I'm saying he's not young. What I'm saying is that the one that we are waging war with has been at this for a very long time. A very long time. The Ephesian church was right smack dab in the middle of a giant spiritual war. They were in a city of immorality. They were a, city, a wicked, wicked city, the city of Ephesus that was filled with all kinds of false idol worship. It was a city that was sin sick. It was filled with immorality, sexual immorality, perversion of every sort. The city was full of all of that. Which is why it says in Ephesians 2 and 2, speaking to that church in time past, he said, some of you that are now in the Ephesian church, guess what? You used to be out in the city of Ephesus doing what everybody else in Ephesus used to be doing. Hitting the bong on Friday night. Tipping the fifth of Bacardi just like everybody else did. 
You had the roach clips all set aside. You were prepared for your game. He said, that's what you used to be. He said, before you came into the church, uh, you used to be dealing before you came into the church. Before you came into the church, uh, you used to be wrapped up in all the perversion that everybody else was wrapped up in. He said, wherein in time past, you walked. That's what you walked. Just like all, it's, it's amazing. Look at our world today, our world. Everybody's trying to express themselves in a brand new way. They're all doing it the same way though. Isn't that ingenious? Isn't that inventive? Isn't that unique? They're all just marching and they don't even realize it, that they're marching to the beat of the same drum. It's no wonder that if you care enough to waste your time listening to the media, that, that all you have to do, if you listen to one media station, they're just parroting what the other media station says. They all have the same talking points. And, and we could say, well, you know what, that's probably, you know, that's a coordinated effort. Well, yeah, it's a coordinated effort, but it's not necessarily a just a political coordinated effort because it says that they walked according to the prince of the power of the air. That there is someone behind the scenes that's pulling the levers. There's someone behind the scenes that's messing around and coordinating the evil and the sin and the debauchery in our world today. There's someone that's working behind the scenes and all that. It's the prince of the power of the air. It's Satan, it's the devil that he is trying to rule this world with all that he has. And there's only one single thing in the world that is stopping him from global domination. Can I tell you what it is? It's Jesus Christ and it's the church of the living God. It's the church. It's the church. It's the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We're the only thing that's standing between Satan and all of the multitudes in our world today. You, as a part of the church, are the, are the, are the blockade between the enemy just doing whatever he wants at will. So what are you saying? If you were the enemy, who would you fight against? Would you fight against the people that you already have captivated? You already have them. You already have the world. You already have <laughs> the government. You already have the schools. You already have the media. There's no fight there. Satan's got that all tied up. What's the one thing in the world that Satan doesn't have? The one thing in the world that Satan doesn't have is the church, is the people of God, is the saints of God, is the Holy Ghost filled, is the water baptized, is those that walk in the spirit, is those that know Jesus Christ. Is it any wonder that sometimes we find ourselves fighting battles? If we're not careful, sometimes the battles will feel like they're just us. Oh, that's just me. Oh, that just happened. Oh, that just must be just me. Some of you that are warring with things in your mind, things are good in church, but maybe on Tuesday or Wednesday they're not as good, and you're warring with things in your mind. You're warring with things in your heart. And, and I've come to release somebody, because some of you, as you're warring with these things, you feel so guilty about them. You say, I must be such a terrible person. How in the world could be I be a Christian person? Did you ever think that maybe some of these, some of these things that are flying you, at you as darts, uh, maybe they're not you? You. Maybe they're coming from another source. Maybe somebody else is trying to speak into your head and get you to marry yourself to things in your mind and in your heart that are not of God. Did you ever come to think here this morning? I've come to liberate somebody here today and say some of the things that you're battling. Do you ever think that if there's only one thing that's standing between Satan and Itasca County, it's the church of the living God, that maybe what you're fighting is a spiritual battle. Maybe some of the family things that you're dealing with. You ever think about it? Maybe some of the temptations you're dealing with. You're saying, oh my goodness, Pastor. If you only knew some of the temptations that I'm fighting right now. There's a saying that says this. It says that you cannot keep a bird from flying over your head. But you can keep that bird from building a nest in your hair. 
That's why we don't take ownership. We don't say, no, I, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. I don't receive that thought in Jesus' name. I'm not going to take that in Jesus' name. That doesn't belong to me, no. In the name of Jesus. Why? Because I'm a child of God, and I'm triumphant in Christ. And there's an enemy that's after me, my family, my church, and I'm not going to let him have his way. This means war. devil has the world sewed up he's on the march communism is on the rise in case you didn't realize it evil confusion is being propagated false doctrine is everywhere it's happening in our world there's a spirit behind all of this if somehow we could stop for a moment and recognize that behind all this there's a spirit he's the puppet master he's the puppet master he's pulling the strings He's pulling the strings behind the scene. He's, he's coordinating things. His demon spirits are at work in this world. The Bible talks about them and calls them false winds of doctrine, doctrines of devils. His weapons are carnal, sex, lust, porn, addictions, alcohol. These are his weapons. These are the weapons that he uses against human beings, the weapons of his warfare. They are carnal. And oh, what a weapon he has in alcohol, dulling the senses, blocking the brain, doing stupid things, dangerous things, devilish things. No wonder they call alcohol spirits. I want you to think about it with me. Violence, entertainment. Think about this. I mean, just go to your Netflix screen and just, just go ahead and just, just go ahead and just, just scroll through. What, one out of a thousand maybe that, that's worth watching? Even the pictures on the Netflix screen you can't even look at. What are you saying? I'm saying the devil's doing a really, really good job. He's got people strapped to media, their phones, just, just pouring in all of this content into their lives. And if it's not content, it's the meaninglessness of hours and hours and hours of lost time. You think the devil doesn't know what he's doing? He's doing a really good job in the world today. Disobedience and rebellion to God and to the word of God. But I'm so thankful today. Listen, God has determined that we who are the church are to live in victory. But we live in victory as our eyes are wide open and we recognize what it is that we're wrestling with and we recognize what it is that we're fighting with. We're not fighting with people. We're not fighting with flesh and blood. We're fighting spiritual battles. Can I tell you this morning, saint of God, that war has already been declared against you. Do you realize that? You say, Pastor's being pretty sober this morning. Yep, I am. And there's a reason, because I want to help you. I want to help you. Some of you kind-hearted, wonderful, sweet people, you're, you're so peaceful, and you're like, you, you, you wouldn't cause trouble to harm anyone. And you're like, how could anyone and anything be like this? I don't care how sweet and kind and nice you are. There's a devil that wants to gut you. There's a devil that wants to take you out of this world. There, and <laughs> it's like, you know what we should do? I think we should have a new, Tim, we should have a new process to our baptisms. I think when people get baptized and they come up out of the tank, I think we should buy, go to Walmart and buy about a thousand targets. And when they come up out of the baptismal tank, we then need to congratulate them and say, welcome to the family of God. We love you. We're so glad you're part. And just smack right onto their chest a target. You're like, oh, that's so mean. That's so cruel. No, it's not. That's so real. That's so real. That's so real. That's why some people, they get the Holy Ghost and yes, God gives us deliverance. Yes, the Lord frees us from the pain of our past. But you know what? At the same time, some people, when they start living for God, they're like, man, this is really hard. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, it's not going to be hard forever. There are things that you can get victory over in your life. But the devil knows that as soon as you come out of the tank, are you ready? You change sides. You're not on his side anymore. You're on the Lord's side. That's right. Gabe, you crossed the line, bro. 
You crossed the line. You're not in the enemy's camp anymore. When you got baptized, you stepped over into the camp of the Lord. You're on the Lord's side now. And guess what that makes you? That makes you an enemy of God's enemy, which is the devil. And that's why you got to realize you got a target that's on you. Watch Peter 5 and 8. Be sober. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get drunk. Don't get drunk on marijuana. Don't get drunk on pride. Don't get drunk on money. Don't get drunk on, on sex. Don't get drunk on sports. That's all just free. Be sober. Because when you're fighting on that battlefield, you can't be drunk. <laughs> How you doing? How's, how's, how's it going? You're going to get your head knocked in. That's why I said be sober. Be vigilant. What does it mean to be vigilant? Aware. It means to be awake. Come on, nudge your neighbor on this Sunday morning and say, wake up. Come on, if there's anybody in this church here, come on, wake up. Wake up. Come on now. Wake up. Wake up. Be so, why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. You guys went to the, didn't you guys go to the zoo yesterday? Did you have a good time? Did you guys know that Brainerd has a zoo? This is incredible. I didn't know that. They got giraffes, they got lions, they got tigers, and they got bears. Oh my. They got it all right in Brainerd, right here, just right, just, you know, just right around the corner here. They got it all. May, I think it was May or, or Carmel wanted to see, she wanted to see giraffes. She went to Duluth and they didn't have giraffes there. She was so bummed. So JP, good dad it is, found giraffes in Brainerd. Right in Brainerd, man. Yeah, have you ever, have you ever been on the other side of the glass next to a lion? They're like, I will eat you in one bite. I will bite your head off. <laughs> and you got Christians there in church like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm screwing around with sin. Yeah. I don't ever pray. I go to church every other week. And that lion's going. Oh, yeah. I'm going to eat you up. I'm going to eat your kids up. I'm going to eat your family up. I'm going to eat everything. I'm, there ain't going to be nothing left of you when I'm done with you. And people just screw around and go to church. Yeah, I go to church. Now and then. Do you realize that your battle is totally on the wrong terrain if your victory is just whether you went to church or not? Well, like, I went to church. Well, like, big, hairy, fat deal. I went to church. You know, hurrah. I want to know how people can, can be here for years and years and never embrace holiness in their lives. I want to know how somebody can, oh, I attend church, big, fat, hairy deal. And yet still, I'm going to mock holiness. I think that's stupid. I'm really trying to be super nice right now. I think people that are like that are unintelligent. Just go to church. Just, I, I go to, big deal. That's, that's not like the epitome of victory that I went to church. Hoorah. That's like the basics. That's like the minimum MDR, minimum daily requirements. That's just like the, the, the minimal. What I'm saying is, God's wanting to raise up some spiritual champions in the church. God's wanting to raise the bar, if you will. And I thank God this church is filled with all kinds of new people. This church is filled, and I get that. And so, man, if you're a guest here today, I know this is like, this is really strong medicine. I, and I'm not apologizing for it. I just want you to understand. If you're new, probably a lot of this maybe doesn't apply to you. If you're, if you're brand new, if you've never been baptized. But if you're in the church, this is 100% for you. And I'm preaching to the church here this morning. What I'm saying is you've got to get a posture of seriousness because too many Christian people take their walk with God far too lightly. 
Man, you guys are quiet this morning. I got a few amens. It's true, though. Too many churchgoers think this is a hobby. I go to church. Well, well, big deal. Still no prayer life? I'm here to challenge you this morning. If you're going to win with God, you need a prayer life. A prayer life. God will give you a prayer life if you'll fight for it. If you'll fight for it, God will give you a prayer life. God will give you a Monday prayer life, a Tuesday prayer life, a Wednesday prayer life, a Friday prayer life, a Saturday prayer life, and you'll come to church on fire on Sunday because you've had a prayer life in your life. Praise God. People that have been connected to the church for how long and they're still doing their own thing. I I just, I don't understand it. That's not vigilant. Coming to church how long? Undecided about holiness. Or let me just take it the next step. They just refuse to get it. How long? I mean, for real? How long? Do we want strength in our life? This means war. It means war. It means self-denial. Self-denial. I feel the barbs of the world right now. Oh, for an apostolic preacher in the 21st century. I tell you how you preach against the world. Self-denial. Well, I don't think this. I don't think, well, who gives a flying rip? Well, I don't like that. I don't like, well, who cares? (laughs) Guess what? Some things in life, you know what we got to do sometimes is put our flesh down and say, flesh, you're going down in Jesus' name because I want the spirit of God to rise up in me. I say no to me. I say yes to God. I say no to flesh. I say yes to spirit. I say no to my will. I say yes to his will. I say no to what I want. I say yes to what he wants. And all of a sudden, the flesh diminishes in my life and the spirit is reigning powerful. And guess what? It starts to get easy living for God because if you live for God easy, it's hard. But if you live for God hard, it's easy. If you're decided in your walk with God and you've made up your mind and you're committed and prayerful and fasting and living in obedience and living God's will, guess what? All of a sudden, living for God gets a whole lot easier. It gets easier living for God because now you're you're moving in the power of the Spirit. You're floating along in spiritual victory because some things have been decided. It's been decided in my life, and now God has given me the victory. Because you can't be on the fence and win. You just can't be. You can't be on the fence and win. If you're on the fence, it's uncomfortable. Ride a bike, ride a horse, ride a motorcycle. Don't ride the fence. Ride a skateboard. <laughs> Amen. It's uncomfortable. Amen. Christianity is not an amusement park. Christianity is a battleground. Christianity is not a hobby. Christianity is a mission. Christianity is not a game. Christianity is a war. Put your hands together. Magnify the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. It's a war. It's a war. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty through God. The weapons of, remember I talked about Satan's weapons, carnality and flesh and all that stuff? But you know the Christian's weapons, you know what they are? They're prayer. The Christian's weapon is prayer. As you're infused and filled with the power of God within, the Holy Ghost comes and regenerates you and revives you and you through prayer. The weapons of a Christian are the word of God. We have a relationship with the word of God. We love the scriptures. Come on, church. We need this more than we need social media. You say you're preaching against social media? I don't know, maybe. I don't know if I am or not. 
I guess if all I have is social media and I got no word in my life, then I'm preaching against social media. Amen. Because this is where, this is our sword. This is the sword of the spirit. I need this more than I need anything else. I'm preaching we need prayer. We need the prayer room more than we need the gym. You can have an atlas body, but if you got a shriveled up spirit, it's like, feed me. An atlas body, you got this little shrunken up dude inside of your spirit that's like, looks like, you know, been on a whatever, starvation diet, 53 pounds, just, no, 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 no. I need prayer. I I need a walk with God. I need the power of God in my life. I need preaching in my life. When the preaching hurts, you say, preach on, preacher. Come on, when the preaching hurts, you say, amen, help me, pastor. Come on, church. Come on, church. Don't give me cotton candy preaching. Come on, church. Don't give me me ice cream cone preaching. Give me steak, word of God. Give me strong meat, pastor. Because if you ask for it or not, I still got to do my job and do what God called me to do. And the difference is between you and enjoying it and not enjoying it. You know what I'm saying? Because anyway, look at it, Paul. I still got to do what God called me to do. It may be uncomfortable, but I'm not here for you. I'm here for him. You didn't call me. He called me. You didn't tell me to get up here and preach this. He did. You, you don't give me my content. He gives me the content. And, and all of you can be mad at me and hate me. But as long as he's okay with what I'm doing, that's what matters. Because he knows what's best for you better than you know what's best for you. And if all we got is cotton candy pulpits, and all we got is loosey-goosey morality, and all we got is no doctrine, no teaching, no strength, no challenge, then we are going to create apathetic Christians. When I read somewhere that we ought to be apathetic, Apostolic Christians, not apathetic. Uh, apathetic, not apos- not apathetic, but apostolic. That's what we want. We want an apostolic church. We want a godly church, a holy church, a healthy church, a powerful church, a soul-winning church, uh, an evangelistic church, uh, a church of souls, uh, a church of miracles, uh, a church of baptisms, uh, a church of God being at work in our midst. That's the kind of church we want. We don't want a Laodicean church. We don't want a weak church. We don't want an anemic church. We want a Holy Ghost, holiness, powerful, godly, anointed church of the living God. Oh, hallelujah. And I feel like that's a good place to end. Wheels are down. Your tray tables may go up. Buckle your seatbelts. We're coming in for a landing. All right? So that means music, y'all get ready. All right, that's what that means, hint. The church, you know what some people think about the church? Some people think the church is a cruise ship. A cruise ship, you know what a cruise ship is? It's one that cruises, you're powerful. A cruise ship is, oh. Isn't this so comfortable? We got padded chairs. A maitre d. We'd like to deliver up uh, one move of the Holy Ghost. Maitre d. Uh, it's a little too warm in here, maitre d. <laughs> it's a little too warm in here. Can we get it cooled down just a little bit, maitre d? That's a cruise ship. It's a cruise ship. Um, I think I'll have on that menu, there is such an assortment on a cruise. I've never been on one, but we're going to be at some point in the future, hopefully near future, I'm hoping. You got all this food, seafood, and all you can eat. Some buffet their bodies, some buffet their bodies. You got the buffet, you got everything you can just choose from. 
I think I'll have, oh, in the dessert table. Let me tell you about the dessert table. Woo. They got every imaginable. Mary Lee, Mary Lee's a dessert maker. Oh, my goodness. Every dessert imaginable. Oh, it's so just. You call those up. I need this. They're at your beck and call. That's a cruise ship. You know, some people look at the church like a cruise ship. Well, the preaching was about a six. Well, worship was about, we'll give, it a, we'll give it a five and a half. Temperature was about a three. <laughs> we can improve a little bit. I noticed a few things about around the church that I didn't really like. Cruise ship. Cruise ship. Can I tell you what God says the church is? Church isn't a cruise ship. Church is a battleship. This is an RPG in case you're wanting. How would that be? How would you know you do it like this? We need some military people to help me. It's a battleship. It's a battleship. I feel like giving. I feel like giving these guys, but we're a little short-handed today. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. I'm so glad that I'm surrounded, that I'm surrounded. So, are you a cruise ship Christian? Are you a battleship Christian? I'm going to have a prayer life. I'm going to have a walk with God. I'm going to wrestle my spirit to a place of obedience to God and his word. Oh, hallelujah. Because let me tell you, when this church becomes a battleship, let me tell you what we start doing. We start freeing those that are bound. Trauma reboot becomes effective. Your family members that you love so dearly that are not in the truth. Folks, there's a heaven and there's a hell. Everybody is going to one of two locations. The prince of the power of the air has this world all sewed up. And they're just marching to that. And the truth is, like me, before I knew the Lord, you know what? I didn't even, I didn't know what I didn't know. That was the, I didn't know it. I didn't know it. until I got the Holy Ghost, got in church. I'm like, whoa, I had no idea. Like the tunes that I used to just hum, you know, elevator music. The things that I used to rock and roll to, I just, that was my life. And, 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 and I came in the church and I was like, what in the world? We stood on our chairs at a Motley Crue concert and screamed at the top of our lungs, shout at the devil. We did that. And I got the Holy Ghost and I'm like, what was I saying? You know that? Because they're in darkness. They're in blindness. The God of 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, comma, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel saves the world, illuminates those that are blind in darkness, saves them. That's what we talk about revival. That's what revival is. Revival is when we reach into the fire and we pluck someone out of the fire. Revival is when we stop playing church and we realize this is serious and I'm going to man my post. I'm going to stand at my station because I'm not going to be in, in just this comfort-driven ship here. I'm not in a cruise ship. I'm in a battleship. And I'm posted for orders. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm at my post. I'll be prayerful. I'll be anointed by God. 
Because God wants to use you and he wants to use me to liberate those that are broken and bound and bleeding and lost in sin. God has commissioned us as the church. Stand together with me this morning, please, if you would. Praise God. What do you say, church? I know I've been preaching here for a while. I gave you what God gave me to give you. I want to encourage you. This message is to be an encouragement, but with tremendous clarity. Come on, let's give ourselves to God. Let's do that right now. What do you say?